Hello and welcome to another episode of the Raptors Community Podcast. I am your host, Anthony. I run at Raptors underscore community on Instagram. And today, my co host, Yan, who runs at Baller Nation 6, and I talk about the Sports Illustrated Top 100 list and react to snubs that we saw or players that we think were ranked in horrible positions. And then we also dive into our Western Conference over-under predictions. All right, enjoy the episode. So looking at the Sports Illustrated Top 100 players that they released for the 2019-2020 season, do you have any, any notable uh, snubs or bad rankings that you saw? Uh. L- not so many, not so much snubs because I think that the snubs were overlooked by the terrible rankings that we saw. Yeah. <laughs> the for me, like it's it's always gonna be tough to rank a hundred players, right? And I'm never gonna debate between who's number one hundred and one and who's number ninety nine, right? Like I, I really yeah. don't really care. It's not a big deal at all. Yeah. But I just want to bring it like a really small little section of the list that's pretty important. But between number twenty and number eleven might be one of the cringiest top 20s, like top 20 to 11s that you'll see anywhere. Like you'll go to any basketball page, any, any uh, mainstream media outlet. I'm just going to read off 20 to 11 and just the amount of just, uh, I, 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 <laughs> I, I can't describe it. I mean, it, it's never number, good though. It's really never yeah. good. Most of the time, I, like you're never going to find a perfect top 50 list. And this, the thing is that this just, that this wasn't voted by one person either. This is a whole panel of people. Right. So they started off, uh, and again, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant and everything, like they're not, in, and they're not anywhere near here because they're taking injuries into consideration, which is great. Right. So number 20, Kemba Walker. Uh, I mean, just look at the player. They put Blake Griffin ahead of Kemba Walker. They put Al Horford at number 18, which is just, what? That's blasphemous. They put Draymond Green at 17. They put LaMarcus Aldridge at 16, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kyrie at 15, which that's way too low for Kyrie in my eyes. And then they put Rudy Gobert at number 14. And that just sort of caps that off. And then they put Jimmy Butler at 11, which is way too high. But having Kemba at 20 and then following that up with putting Al Horford, Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert, LaMarcus Aldridge, and then uh, as well Blake Griffin ahead of Kemba Walker. I, I like. I, I just. How do you get away with that? It's robbery. It's. It's. I. <laughs> I, I can't explain. This, I don't need to make an argument because it's so obvious in my eyes. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's. Maybe. Maybe I'm just crazy. I, I. I really don't know. But that's. That's the main thing that stands out for me at least. Gobert's the one that stands out out of that list that you said for me. I yeah. just think that's way too high. I think they've got to chill on Gobert. Yeah. And there's a few a little lower, too, that I think are kind of crazy. Gobert and, and Horford, I think, the, the, two bad, the, the two worst ones. I agree. I also think this is kind of a small one, but I think Giannis over Kawhi is, in yeah. my opinion, flipped. I think it should be the other way. And that was exemplified in the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals when Kawhi took him out of that series. Exactly. Obviously with the help of Gasol, but when Kawhi essentially outplayed him and won that series – I think that he should be ranked number one. And maybe I'm biased because I'm a Raptors fan. And Giannis is a beast, but I would have Kawhi over Giannis personally. I wouldn't just put Kawhi over Giannis. I mean, I'd put LeBron. I'd put Steph Curry over Giannis. Right. Um, 
And yeah, like, it's, how do you put Giannis over Kawhi when we just saw them play in a seven-game series? And we, I might even put Harden over Giannis as well. Actually, you can make that argument for sure. Yeah, I it, think they have that all mixed up. And other than that, though, the top ten seems okay. Top ten's not with, bad, actually. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with their rankings. I just think Giannis at one is kind of. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a good ranking at all, to be honest. I don't agree with that at all. Especially, yeah, yeah we saw how, we saw how he was shut down really in the yeah. playoffs when a guy like Kawhi Leonard never really got shut down despite him being like despite him being the main focal point of every single defensive scheme like Giannis like everyone plans to defend against Giannis the way that people plan to defend against Kawhi Leonard it's not like Kawhi Leonard's got like another really really good second hand man that takes the eyes off that, you know, that distracts the defense from Kawhi. Right. You could argue Middleton and, like, Lowry yeah. cancel each other out, I think. Yeah. And then you look at, like, other, you know, Brooke Lopez and Marcus Gasol, sort of, same sort of thing. Right. But, again, it's – Giannis just got shut down by Toronto, and you, Kawhi never really got shut down. He had – he struggled in the finals a little bit. Like, game six, he struggled, I mean, scoring-wise at least. But he did so much he, – he's so much more than, than just score in the finals. So right. yeah, that's again, especially when you see them go head to head. How do you put how do you put Giannis over Kawhi Leonard? I mean, did you see the last four games of that series? And- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy when you think yeah. about it. Another another one that I have is Siakam and Ben Simmons. I think they're ranked twenty three and twenty four when you yeah. look at the list. Or yes, twenty three and twenty four is Ben Simmons, Pascal Siakam, and they're over guys like Drew Holiday, DeRozan, Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Lowry. CJ McCollum. Yeah, I, I think I, that's I think that's crazy. I think they're both ranked too high. Personally. Yeah, that's Siakam and uh, Siakam and Ben Simmons. Yeah, Siakam for me is one of the more overrated. Like he's become pretty overrated over the, over the summer. He had some great playoff games, but at times, I think I mentioned this last last episode too when we we're talking about the Raptors. He had he was very inconsistent. He was pretty inconsistent as well in the playoffs. He he, right. he would go off for thirty points in a game, He's very and then we would all hype him up. And then the next game, he'd score six points, and no one would even talk about it. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't even say like we wouldn't even bring it up. We'd be like we we just look right past that. But he, he was a young, exciting player, and but twenty four, it's it's premature. I think it's, it's too high up on the it's too high up on the list for me and Ben Simmons as well I mean when you can't shoot the basketball and you're a point guard you should you, like you shouldn't be over guys like Kyle Lowry I agree another one that I have is Steven Adams at 40 over Kevin Love and Marcus Gasol at 41 and 42 <laughs> I just well, why like why Steven yeah. Adams like you could put him at 80 and I would be okay with that I don't think he deserves to be 40 like you could, right, throw, yeah. him, you could throw him in the the bottom 50 I'm cool anywhere in there but yeah Put him at forty over guys like that, and Vucevic at forty-five. That's robbery right there. Too. That's that's disrespect to Vucevic. Yeah. All star, forty-fifth. Like, come on. Yeah. But other than that, the list seemed okay. The bottom fifty, I don't really care about to be honest. There's, you know, it's just a bunch of players. So yeah. You yeah. could you could flip flop a bunch of them. I'm scrolling through. Even on this list is beyond me. Fifty-eight. Like, uh, he's probably gonna. I don't know what. I know they're ranking it based off injury and stuff, but how do you put him at, like, 58? Like, it's yeah. weird that they even are able to quantify him. Mm-hmm. I'm scrolling through it right now, and those guys, like, Cal Kuzma way down at 96, I think. Right. And Dinwiddie, too, is another one I yeah. saw that I didn't and, like. Yeah, Zach Levine as well. He's, he's at number 90. That's but, crazy. Zach yeah. Levine at 90 is pretty crazy. 
one of the things that, like, as a Spurs fan, I'm looking at this, and I don't know how they're ranking Derek White over DeJounte Murray. I get Murray's coming off an injury, but when you look at just the overall skill of the player, I'll, like, Murray's, Murray's the better player. I mean, Murray's the – like, Derek White, he's great. He had – but the thing is with Derek White, he had a nice game against Denver, and he posterized Paul Millsap, and that's <laughs> yeah. it. Like, again, it's another case where the media sort of takes – takes a snippet of the season and doesn't look at the whole story. And I get, yeah, they're looking at injuries, but DeJounte Murray, he, he's healthy now. He's 100% fine. I don't know. That, as a Spurs fan, that's just a small thing. And they have Bam Adebayo ahead of Kyle Kuzma. Like, no. <laughs> you can see the recency bias on this list with yeah. the young pick and obviously Derek White over DeJounte Murray. That's disrespect to that all-defensive caliber mm-hmm. DeJounte Murray player. And I think that's enough for this list. I'm... I'm done yeah. with it. I'm done with it. <laughs> you know, there's there's so much you can nitpick from it. Yeah. And, like, Devin Booker at 34, I'm going to just leave that there. I don't know. People will obviously want him lower. When you look at Zach Levine at 90 and Devin Booker at 34, like, right, what, where's, yeah. where's the big difference between those two guys? You know what I mean? Montrezl Harrell at 77. I had him yeah. at, He was my number 50. When you – the thing is, they have the recency bias for some players, and then for Trez, the recently the recency bias isn't there at all. Like if we're going recency bias, yet they they have Giannis Antetokounmpo there because of his MVP. When really, he 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 like he's not the best player in the NBA. They have Derek White over Murray, but then they don't have the recency bias when it comes to a guy like Montrezl Harrell, who was extremely dominant against the Golden State Warriors. Yet they rank him seventy seven. I like I don't know it's 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 an inconsistent list, but it's like yeah again it's sort of making my head hurt at this point. Not <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you can't really make a list and have everyone yeah. be happy with it. That's that's a tough job for sure. Yeah. All right, so we good on this one, or you will have anything else to touch on? Uh no, I'm good. I'm good for the top fifty. Okay. Or top one hundred. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So we can go on to our over under then for the Western yeah. Conference. Yeah. All right. So according to Vegas, the number one team is going to be the Clippers at a predicted fifty-five and a half wins. What would you take the over or the under for the Clippers? Fifty-five for the—that's the best record in the West. Yep. <laughs> I went way over on that one. I mean, when I was making these, by the way, I was using—I was looking at the over/unders. Uh, I think it was called—it was Odd Shark or something like that. But again, it's one of those Vegas companies. Right. Um, I want 62 wins for the Clippers. 62 wins. I think they can do it. They, okay, I agree. I'm on. I'm on the same boat as you. I, they, I also picked the over for them. The for me, I didn't have a single team in the in the East getting 60 wins, and the Clippers are the only team that I have winning 60 games in the entire NBA. There's going to be a team that's going to win 60 games this year, and I think that it's going to be the most talented team overall. The Los Angeles Clippers. Just. N- that defense is just too much for me. You, Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Montrezl Harrell, even Zubach, Patrick Beverly, Danny yep. or not Danny Green, but the defense. I don't know how teams are going to score. I mean, we might see these guys average or average less than a hundred points against in a game, which in today's NBA is just insane. And defense is one thing. You turn around on the offensive side of the ball, they're just as talented, if not more talented, with guys like Lou Will and Paul. And again, the same guys, Paul George, Kawhi, Pat Bev, Montrez, all these guys. I mean, Clippers top to bottom. And then you add in Doc Rivers, Hall of Fame level coach. 
this is great. It's a great coaching staff. I think they got Ty Lu now. Um, it, from top to bottom, every aspect of this team is is great, and they're going to be great in the regular season, and probably maybe even better in the playoffs. So yeah, I have the Clippers at way over fifty five wins. I've at sixty two wins and twenty losses. You have two two way superstars. Yeah, and a really good core around them and a really good bench. They're going to win about sixty games. Yeah, there's no question about this team being the best team in the West and probably should be the favorite to win the championship, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with with respect to them and the Lakers. But yeah, I also hit the big over on the Clippers for sure. The second the second team is the Utah Jazz. Utah, okay, fifty two and a half. What are you hitting on this one? Utah for me, second in the West. That's 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 not going to happen in my eyes, at least. I am hitting the under there. I have met 50 wins for the Utah Jazz. They have a they have a nice they have a very deep roster. They're talented and they can go 9 10 deep and still have good talent on the floor. For me though, they don't have the star power yet to at least regular at least in the playoffs. I know we're talking about regular season here, but they don't have the star power yet to do too much. I don't see them winning over 52 games. I have a 50 wins. I think it's fair when you're led by the best defender in the NBA and then a third-year player in Donovan Mitchell. And, again, a guy like Mike Connolly who's just coming off a bunch of injuries. It's, it's going to be interesting. They're, they're definitely going to be a really good team. I just don't think that they're going to be the contender that a lot of people are saying that they're going to be. I'm hitting the over, actually. Okay. <laughs> so you go, all right, that's fair, yeah. Yeah, I'm, and the reason why is I'm saying Donovan Mitchell, you got to take yeah. a step this year. You kind of – I'm not going to say digressed, but he kind of flatlined last season. I think he performed about very similar to last season. Yeah. And this team won 50 games last year, and they did not play good in the first half of the season, as we remember. They were out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. out of the playoff picture completely. So when you consider that and the addition of Mike Connolly, who I think is an easily integratable guy onto this team – for sure, yeah. the Ricky Rubio role plus shooting, and then you also had Bogdan or yeah Bojan Bogdanovic. I yeah. think that I think that this team is is built really solid, and Quinn Schneider is a good coach. Give me fifty four wins for them. Okay, Give me I, it's a tough West though. I mean, when you look, it's hard. It is going to be hard. They could easily get fifty four. They could get forty eight. I don't know. They could fall anywhere in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. I have a, I have a, I have six teams in the West hitting fifty games, which I that sounds pretty high for me, but right. I think they're they're going to have like like those top six teams. They're going to beat all the. They're going to destroy all the teams. Right. I actually also have them. Six, teams, six teams hitting fifty yeah. as well. And yeah, I mean Utah, they're they're a young team. I I just don't know if they they'll be able to keep up with the frantic pace of the Western Conference for the entire year. Again, I have 50 wins. You have 54 wins. It's four games, right? It's it's not a lot. Yeah, it's not do it's or not, die. Yeah. Money's made in the playoffs, I think. Right. Where did you have them ranked, like, seeding-wise in the West? I have them – see, this is the question, is I'm either going to have them two or three. I think they're fighting with the Nuggets in there. I actually nuggets? had the Nuggets also hitting the over at 52. Okay. And this was a tough one for me because – they they played so well last season. They had 54 wins, and yeah, you know they kind of skid to the finish line. They finished their last 10 games with five and five. I think they 
they just kind of rested in that second seed pretty comfortably. Right, because the seed was locked in. Seed was essentially locked in, except for I think the Rockets were nipping at their heels a little, but it felt like they were essentially locked into that that two seed. Mm -hmm. And I think that the continuity that they have with respect to the rest of the Western Conference is huge for them to get off to a really good start again, just like last season. And I hope that people like Jamal Murray and Gary Harris both improve and hopefully Michael Porter Jr. will stand on the court at some point and yeah. take a few shots. I think he's an X factor for them and for still sure. will bowl into off the bench as Jokic's backup. That'll be fun to watch. He actually has a really good offensive game when you watch his highlights, his short highlights at Oregon. Yeah. So I think give me the over on them too. Give me, give me them at, I'm going to go there the third seed at 53 wins. Okay, so you had Jazz then second team, second seed? Yes. Okay. Uh, over-under is 52. I'm going again way over on this one. I'm, I'm really big on the Denver Nuggets. I'm going 59 wins for these Denver all Nuggets. All right, all right. This, I like, I'm, like, I'm going way over. This Nuggets team led by which you and I think is will be the MVP of the NBA, mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic. He, this, I mean, he's a different cat. He's a different animal in there. He he would be great, and I'm just much bigger on Jamal Murray than a lot of people are. When I'm talking like Jamal Murray, he's gonna make a case for All Star not this year, but even next, even as soon as next year. I'm talking All Star in the Western Conference, competing against guys like Damian Lillard, Wes Westbrook, uh, Steph Curry. I'm not saying that he will get into the All Star game. I'm saying that he will be up there. He'll be getting votes. I mean, he, he'll be close. I don't think he will get in there, but he'll, again, he'll be getting votes. Jamal Murray, for, he's about a, one of the best young players in the NBA. You pair that with Gary Harris in the backcourt. And then Paul Millsap as well, who's extremely underrated um, in the frontcourt there. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he works with Nikola Jokic this season. And you already mentioned Bobo, but I just want to touch on it again. Bobo's, he's a, like, how, what is he, like, seven foot one? Something he's a like seven that. foot one. He's a point guard. Like at Oregon, he, he, he in high school as well. He he's a point guard. He can dribble the basketball. He's fast. He's quick. I mean, he's got he's a nice handle as well. He can bang threes. And people say he's injury prone all of a sudden, but he's really not. You look at the injury he got; it's a fluke injury. And people in the past have recovered well from that injury, the same sort of injury he had. And Bobo, like he might not get on the court a lot, but in the future, this I mean, he's going to be a very talented player. You'll also have a lesser role in the Nuggets, too, because they're not rushing these young guys into it. So he'll be able to be fully healed and get in there and play, you know, maybe like 10, 15 minutes a game and just Mm -hmm. get a good feel for the NBA. And he actually does have a really good offensive arsenal. He's got the three. He's got the jump hook. He's got the fadeaway from the the post. He has a lot of – I was watching some of his highlights, and it's scary how good he is. And he's probably the steal of this draft if you're picking a second-round guy who's going to blossom. I think he's the guy for that team. And – to touch on the Jamal Murray thing, I I agree, but that that Western Conference race is going to be tough, especially with the rise of, you know, you have the rise of Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox and, and De'Aaron yeah. Fox, and then you're going to have Luca coming in and right, yeah, you know, it's uh, looking at the West, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Devin Booker, like these young guys, man, it's going to be tough for Jamal Murray to get in. To I mean, I think Jamal. Jamal Murray's though, like out of that little out of that pack that you just mentioned of those young guys, young guards coming up. I think Jamal Murray's he's leading him and Luka Doncic are leading that pack. I, yeah. I'd have to right I'd now, have yeah. Jamal Murray right now over over De'Aaron Fox. I and 
maybe even over Devin Booker. Like, Devin Booker, again, he's never played in a meaningful game. It's not really his fault. It's just right. his team's trash. And also, Devin Booker's stats are inflated. Like, let's be, let's be honest here. He's not going to drop 27 points per game if he played on the Never Nuggets. If That's he, true. He was, That's true. I mean, it'd be closer to maybe 20, 20, between 20 and 23 points per game. I mean, but yeah, like, out of that little pack that you mentioned, a lot of good young guards coming up in the West. But I think Jamal Murray, he's – He's up, like he's leading the way with with the young guys right now. Yeah, I think if you put Jamal Murray on the Suns, I think he averages twenty seven a game. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, the only question, the big question with him is his consistency. We saw yeah. that in the playoffs too. Is he will often like you know he'll just like you're saying with Seattle on the Blazers, and they'll get a nice win, and then he'll drop like four points. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you can build that consistency, then he is definitely. In the all-star yeah. race, for I might sure. be a little bit guilty of that too. Like I said with Siakam, just people look past his bad games. I might be a little bit guilty of that with the with Jamal Murray, but I like just, I I I don't I don't think I'm that guilty of it. I like maybe a little bit, but yeah, Jamal Murray he does have consistency problems to deal with, and like Pascal Siakam, that just comes with being young. You know, like young players, that's always going to happen. Um, but yeah, that's that's really uh, my Denver Nuggets. I'm going 59 wins. So, like, my top two teams are on the West. Clippers at 62, Nuggets at 59. Um, yeah, that's maybe a hot take, but it, it's my take. It's your take. You got to live with it. Exactly. <laughs> I got I got I, I it. I don't think it's a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. The, I think the West has, even though it feels like there's more parity, I, don't, I think that the top is seems more stacked than it was oh, last for sure. year. At least where you know last year you got, you got, you got the Warriors, you got the Nuggets, you got the Blazers, you got the Rockets, you got the Jazz. Thunder were competitive, mm-hmm. and then you got the Spurs. The Thunder are definitely out of that equation. So yeah, you know I think it adds a little bit more parity, at least in my eyes. And moving on, the next team is the Houston Rockets at a predicted fifty-two wins. Fifty-two wins. Okay. What are you hitting for them? For me, I went with the over. Uh, I think Houston will finish the third best record in the West. Uh, 55 wins and I'm saying this because Houston historically at least with James Harden has been a really really good regular season team like we look at like they they won they won 60 games I think a few years ago last season what was it they last season they struggled early in the regular season but we remember they were 14th at one point and they they turned that right around and James Harden right, was they, just ended starting. 50, they ended up winning 50 yeah. games they've histo- just like sort of the Raptors and the Atlanta Hawks back, like, with the Paul Millsap and all those guys, like, uh-huh. Jeff Teague, really good regular season team. And, again, this is based on the regular season. And that just and the Nuggets as well. Nuggets are, gonna be, Nuggets are always going to be a reg- good regular season team. And so 55 wins, I think, for the Rockets, it's fair, given now that they've added Russell Westbrook, they still have what I think should have been the defending MVP, the, the reigning MVP, James Harden, and you couple that with Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker. This is a really good offensive team. Great, They can still shoot the three ball really well. And then great defensively as well. I also hit yeah. the over on them. I think I, I think I said 53 wins, which is just one game over, but good enough to hold on to that four seed in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. And the big thing that I love about the trade was they kept all of their role players, which right, yeah. is really important when you look at this team. And I think that a lot of people are giving this Westbrook-Harden combination a lot of heat, but I think they're going to work pretty well together. The fact that they like each other is already a big bonus, and I think 
if for this all to work, I, I believe that Westbrook has to, and I mean has to, accept that he's the second best player on yeah. this team. All right, I think that – I, I agree with that 100%. Are you, if these two guys start clashing egos, like it's not going to work. That's the same thing with the Brooklyn Nets, with the Kyrie and when uh, – when Kevin Durant comes back, if as long as those two guys can recognize that or just not clash with their egos, I mean, they'll be fine. They're, they're really talented team. So, yeah, that, that's, like, the yeah, main they're... thing I'm worried about, though, is just egos colliding. But, again, like, they're friends. They're both from California. They, they grew up together. They've played together in the past. I, I think it's going to work out. Playoffs is a different story, though, because historically, again, Houston's known as choking the playoffs and Russell Westbrook's known as – not playing very well in the playoffs and as accurate and as fair as those claims may be it's like it's it, i guess it's true but but the, we're talking regular season here and i think it'll work out for the at least for the regular season i just don't want to see another westbrook eight for 22 game yeah like we see every season on those closeout games and i just want him to accept that role and let harden take the big shots mm-hmm. Harden is 100% better than Westbrook right now. And if he accepts that role, do you think they could win? Do you think they could win the West? Winning the West is going to be really tough this year. They probably had a better shot last year than this year, and especially the year before last. Yeah. I, I agree, yeah, for sure. Average less than 14 shots per game, which will be tough. But, like, and shoot 50 per, or they 40, not as bad. The Rockets will be in good shape. And There's something up with your Wi-Fi right now. Can you hear me? Pardon? Uh, your Wi-Fi was just going in and out. Can yeah, you hear me? Right now. Okay, all right. Yeah, it just kind of glitched out for me. Hopefully, it didn't affect the audio. But essentially, I get what you're saying. Yeah, the Rockets, they will have a tough path to the to the finals if they do. Like, you look at the landscape of the teams. You know, they have to go through probably the Lakers in the first round or, you know, an equivalent yeah. like that. Then you'd have to play one of the big four in the top, you know, like the Clippers, Jazz, or Nuggets. And then you have to play one of them again, another yeah. one of them, just to get to the finals. It's going to so. be tough for all teams. Like, we're going to, like, a team like the Clippers could, or the team that gets to the West, that gets to the finals out of the West, they're going to have to play at least two six game series, if not more. Yeah. No doubt. And the parody is awesome, though. It really makes you, it really makes it feel like this, these regular season rankings can be really important yeah. because. Longer you can dodge one of those big five or six teams, the better. Even I think there's seven pretty good teams that if you include the Blazers, you know yeah. the eight seed. I think the eight seed will be like the the team you want. So if the the Clippers can claim that first seed yeah. and you know play hypothetically, which is what I think, the Spurs in the first Spurs round. Spurs the team that I think like this. As a Spurs fan, it pain, pains me to say this, but I'm <laughs> gonna be honest here. Spurs are the team that everybody wants to play in the first round. Like, if the Spurs end up yeah. with the seven seed or six seed, which you never know, they might. Like, yeah, they could. 
the, the everyone's going to want to be the team. Like, if Spurs are eighth, everyone's going to want to be first. If Spurs are sixth, every, like, the hot seed will be the third, the three seed. Because essentially, that's a, that's a four or five game series right there. I'm um, like, the, the only teams that I could see the Spurs beating in the playoff or making an interesting series in the playoffs out of the playoff teams is Blazers would probably be interesting and the Denver Nuggets. And the Nuggets, I'm just saying that because of, it, was, it went seven, seven games last year and the Spurs didn't have DeJounte Murray. That's it. Yeah, if the Spurs, I think if the Spurs match up with like the Clippers or the Jazz yeah. or something, I think those teams will just yeah. destroy them. I, I, you know, I like the Spurs and who knows if they'll even make the playoffs. I think I'm pretty confident they will. I think they're the mm-hmm. best team. And there's not even a question they could probably they could slide into seven yeah. or eight, but they're definitely on that bubble. And if they match up with the wrong team, with a team with a lot of firepower, then they're essentially screwed. But if they match up with, like you said, the Nuggets right. or something, or even the Blazers, yeah. I think that's a good matchup for them because, you know, they can play to their pace and really focus on defense. If, you know, if DeRozan decides to start playing some defense, right? Yeah, then they could be, <laughs> they could be a pretty. I think they could be a decent threat. Yeah, to no, your I, team. I agree with that. This, for me, the top eight teams or the eight Western Conference, the eight playoff teams in the West are pretty much locks for me at this spot at this point. Like the, I'm, yeah, All I, eight? The, I don't see the the Pelicans or the Kings, the Kings or the Mavericks making the playoffs over the over. The, yeah, I don't see the Kings making it, but I could see potentially the Mavs or really? Pelicans making it interesting when we look back. Hopefully, I mean, yeah, I. Spurs have been in the playoffs for 20 straight years, and I, you don't have to be a Spurs fan to admit the fact that, like, they're, they're not going to miss the playoffs, man. Like, I, I don't know. I just, they got their shit together. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing with them is they have their yeah. shit together. The Mavs don't, really, and the Pelicans definitely no. don't. So they have that advantage on them. and should, They should make it. They're the vet team. They definitely should make it. So moving on, we just covered the Rockets. Yep. The Lakers are predicted to have 51.5 wins. Are you hitting the under or the over? I'm hitting for the, the over for that. A team led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis should not or should be should be winning more than 51 games. I have them at 53 wins and 29 losses. For me, that's fourth in the Western Conference. But uh, the Clippers. The Lakers, they have a really stacked team, and I think they're going to be much better in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. As far as the regular season is concerned, one of those teams that no matter where they end up, they're, they're going to win their first-round matchup. I don't really care who it's up against, even if they end, end up versus the, you know, the Rockets or the Jazz or the, even the Nuggets in the first round. I think they'll win the first round no matter what because, again, LeBron James, again, you know, there's Kuzma, Davis, Danny Green, DeMarcus Cousins, Dwight. Talented roster. They've got players with one chance. Oh, again, it's, it's LeBron James. It's, LeBron James is always going to be that guy. And regular season, though, 53 wins. Not too impressive. Again, I have him as a four seed, but in the playoff, it's going to be a whole other story. I actually hit the under. I, th- I think they're going to win 50, 50 or 51 okay. games. And I think that a LeBron-led team is guaranteed yeah. 50. But I think that there will be a lot of resting for these guys. I think they know at this point that it's playoffs or bust. So they won't be busting their ass to get a high mm-hmm. seed. I think that they're going to probably lay in that fifth seed. Okay. Or so it seems. 
And I think that their focus is all their energy on, on playoffs, playoffs, yeah. playoffs. And one of the reasons that they can also climb the ladder is because they don't really have the depth necessarily to do that. Whereas a team like the Clippers or a team like the Jazz or even the Nuggets and Rockets all have pretty good depth, mm-hmm. which I think is important for winning a lot of games in the regular season, especially with superstars in this era where load management is probably a, a priority. Yeah. So it seems like it's going to start becoming one. It wasn't really – it's not really a big thing. Now it's kind of like you rest a few games, but maybe Kawhi's changing the landscape of the right, league. Yeah. And that being said, I think the Lakers, yeah, I think around 50-51 is probably where I'm going to have them Yeah, sit. I mean, they depth-wise, they, they're more – I think they're, they have more depth than you might give – I think that, you, that you're giving them credit for. They still have mm-hmm. guys like uh, Rondo, JaVale McGee coming off the bench. They've got, you know, La- Avery Bradley, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I mean, Case, KCP isn't that much, but again, like he's – you know, he's a decent player. Yeah. Um, it's they got Quinn Cook as well. These you know these these guys are these solid players off the bench. They're not as deep again like the Clippers or, or Jazz, but I think that they their their bench is one of the more underrated benches in, in benches in the NBA right now. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. But yeah, I have, I have the Lakers at 50, uh, 53. You have them at fifty or fifty one. It's 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 close. Not really gonna matter though, because in the playoffs, it's gonna be a whole nother story, and and they're going to go far in the playoffs. No doubt. I think we can all yeah. agree on that. So for the Blazers, they're put at forty seven point five. They won fifty three last year. To put that in perspective, where do you have the Blazers? Forty seven point five. I'm gonna be hitting the under here. I'm going forty seven wins. I, wow. I have the Blazers way back in seventh in, in the seventh seed right now. Okay. Uh, it's. The, I think that we're all that the odds makers here they underestimated the Warriors a lot here because mm-hmm. for Steph Curry to to win the MVP as a lot of people are predicting Steph Curry is going to have to lead the Warriors to a top five seed at least that's where I'm going so if Steph Curry is going to win at the MVP least, yeah. the Warriors are going to have to be a top five seed and mm-hmm. I think the Warriors are good enough to be that but we're not talking about the Golden State we're talking about the Portland Trailblazers here. And Portland, I, I don't know. I think la- their playoff run last year was pretty overrated. People are think like it's it. People are making more of it more than more of it than it actually was. They versed an ex- extremely dysfunctional Thunder team in the first round, and albeit that first round was great for the Blazers. Damian Lillard was insane, but in the second round again, you go to seven games against a Nuggets team that's never been to the playoffs. A Nuggets, a Nuggets team that just came off the back of a grueling, grueling tough series against the San Antonio Spurs. The the Blazers had way more rest than way more rest than Denver going into that series, and the one where we went to like four OT or whatever. I mean, we could have very mm-hmm. easily lost that game if Jokic had hit. Did in the Western. They're they're a slightly overrated team for me, and I have forty seven wins. I do like the I do, I do like do like the fact that they did draft. I think yeah, I think the the Blazers. I actually hit the over on them. I think they're constantly underrated. But the flu, you're right. Their their run in the playoffs is 
was yeah. a fluke. There's no doubt about it. The Blazers, though, they're one of those teams that they'll win games they need to, mm-hmm. just like the Pacers. And they have – I think they have a good enough core and continuity moving forward where at least they'll be able to have a similar regular season to last season. I just think that it won't even matter. They're probably going to win I – say, I said 49 wins, six seed. But I think that they are – they're going to get eliminated in the first round. It won't even matter for me where they land. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Like, I, I have met the seven seed. You have met six. I I've met seven, so they'd burst the Nuggets in the first round. And that's going to be that's going to be a good series, though. It's not going to be like a five or four or five game series. That's going to go at least six or seven. It's going to be a good rematch. But I think the Denver Nuggets are just too stacked. Um, but yeah, again, we're talking like I'm talking playoffs here when really, really the topic is regular season. Yeah, for sure. And number seven on the Vegas prediction is the Warriors winning 47 wins. What I'm getting the over for that. that. I already mentioned I touched on this briefly before golden state has been done dirty by a lot of people to, uh, at least in the regular season that they, they don't have clay thompson but they do have d'angelo russell and people seem to just forget how good De- d'angelo russell was and people forget how good steph curry was without kevin durant i mean two years ago or was it three four years ago now that this, the last time that they didn't have Kevin Durant, the Warriors won 67 games, albeit they had more bench depth. Or, no, they won, they won 70, what was it, 73 wins? Yeah, yeah they won 73 and yeah, nine, I think. Like an, and 67 yeah, wins the year 73 before. 73 wins, they won 67, yeah. And back then, they were led by Curry, Draymond, and Klay Thompson. Now it's Curry, Draymond, and uh, D'Angelo Russell. Again, that those I'm not saying they're going to win 73 wins at all here. I'm saying that they're going to get the 51 wins. But Steph Curry's a different cat in the regular season. He is he's probably a better regular. He's definitely right better in the regular season than he is in the playoffs. And it's I don't know why people are underestimating. Like they're going to get to 50 wins. Team led by arguably the best and definitely the best shooter of all time. Last time he didn't have Kevin Durant, who was arguably the best player in the NBA. He's gonna have a. He's gonna have another great season. He's gonna be averaging thirty three points per game around there. I think he'll be leading the league in points per game. And then you add you add in DeAndre Russell. You add in Clay, or you add in uh, Willie Cauley Stein. Now they have and Draymond Green. It's, it's it's a good team, and I think they're good enough to win fifty one games in in the top Western Conference. I I really like this because me and you have some different. Yeah, ones. it's it's not the same. <laughs> some different takes, and I I'm taking the under. Okay. <laughs> And my big reason is the loss of Klay Thompson is kind of overlooked. And I don't think D'Angelo Russell, even though people can see him as an approximation, I just don't think the chemistry will be there. And that adjustment period is what leads me to believe that they're going to win 45 games and not quite reach 50. Yeah. And that's that's the big thing for me is Klay Thompson is a two-way demigod, as we know. Mm-hmm. And he wins them games on like a nightly basis. D'Angelo Russell, I just want to wait and see with this guy. I don't know. I'm not fully bought into D'Angelo Russell. I'm not buying his stock yet. He's a great player though. And I think the big difference between those 67 and 73 win teams versus now is, you know, this team has a lot under their belt, you know, and Draymond Green, even though he looked great and revived in the playoffs, I don't think he cares much about the regular season. And similarly, I think that, Curry will just have too much attention on him where it'll be tough for him just with this current roster to 
you know, put up 30 points per game easily. He'll, he'll have on a night to night basis. He'll have a lot of stress, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, so what are you saying? Like how, how many points do you think Steph Curry is going to be putting up? Cause. Oh, he's still going to, Oh, he's still going to get his, you can't yeah. stop him. He's, he's going to probably get, I think he's probably going to hit 30 points. Per Cause game, you look probably. back at the last time they didn't have Kevin Durant. I mean, Steph Curry was again, he was getting double teamed almost. He was getting double teamed a lot. Didn't seem to bother him. And D'Angelo Russell, I mean, you say you haven't bought into him, but what did he do? What did he do last year with with that Brooklyn Nets team that didn't that lost Carlos Levert? That was, I mean, he took that team and he won them games, and he got them. He he, he won them a game in the playoffs too, and he made a few games really really interesting. I think that, and now he's going to get even better because he's going to learn so much from Steph Curry. It, I think D'Angelo Russell, he's going to take a big step this season. He's going to be, I'm like nowhere. He's not going to be an all-star quality point, or not, not. He's not going to be an all-star quality guard, but he's going to be taking a, a big step. And Steph Curry is going to have a lot to do with that. I, I, that's just all I'm saying. I think, I think we're underestimating this Warriors team. We're definitely underestimating them in the playoffs. They'll be, they'll be a yeah. team that you would not want to face in the first round because they can they can rip a, one of those top seeds apart. You know what I mean? They could actually rip your heart out in a couple they'll games. They'll have Clay Thompson too, right? They'll have, yeah, they'll probably have Clay. I think, I think they said like January or something, maybe, I think maybe actually even later, like, but he'll probably be back for the playoffs and hopefully he's like 80%. Right, yeah. Because if that's the case, then watch out. Cause this team, you know, they could make a playoff push for yeah. sure. The, they're, they're going to be really tough out. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they got to, like, the, the third round in the playoffs, you know, if they, if they land on the right side of the bracket and don't have to verse one of yeah. the two L.A. teams. Because I think the only two teams that can beat them in the playoffs are the Clippers and the Lakers. Even if – even those series – those series will still go six games. Those series will still go seven games. It's going to be close for sure. Yeah, I think a Nuggets and Rockets or Jazz team even will – they'll be tough both teams it'll be if it will be a hell of a yeah. series whichever teams match up if they do, but let's move on sorry no go ahead i'm just saying up. that if they did verse the the nuggets or rockets or whatever I, I i would much rather take the team that has steph curry clay thompson and jermon green over the less experienced nuggets team that or, or rockets team even like that's all i'm saying i agree i agree yeah. Moving on to the predicted eight seed, okay. the San Antonio Spurs at 43.5 wins, according to Vegas. Are you hitting the over or the under? I'm going 45 wins. I'm hitting the over for the San Antonio Spurs. But I love my Spurs, and they've got one of the best defensive backcourts in the NBA. And that's a very underrated part of this team. People don't realize how good DeJounte Murray was before he got injured and how he's, take, he's, he's taken another step this season. They have an all-star, a Hall of Fame quality coach in Greg Popovich, who, albeit his Team USA, crumbled at the World Cup. But again, this is the NBA, and Popovich owns the NBA, and he has been owning the NBA for the past 20 years. I love, I love this team. I love uh, LaMarcus Aldridge as well, one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I, I, th- I think the Spurs, they're going to be really, really annoying to watch for me because they're going to lose so many games that they should not be losing. They're going to lose to the Mavericks and the Pelicans and the Kings and all these guys quite a bit, but they're going to beat some of those 
it happens every single year. They're going to beat teams that they're not supposed to beat, and they're losing to teams that they're not supposed to lose. It, it flip-flops. And then, and then playoffs will come around, and they'll lose in five games. And I might cry <laughs> a little bit, but it's all good. We'll be in the playoffs next year. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, do you think Popovich is the greatest coach of all time? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're asking a Spurs fan. I mean, come on. Obviously, this, like, I know, I know. this guy. I know. I was expecting the answer. <laughs> people say that Phil Jackson or someone like that. Phil Jackson's got more rings than Greg Popovich. I mean, Phil Jackson coached Kobe Bryant. Phil Jackson coached the Michael Jordan and all these guys. I mean, Greg Popovich did it all on the same team. Greg Popovich did it all. He won 50 games every single year until two years ago. I mean, this, he won 50 games in a lockout year. Back in, uh, I think it was 99 or something like that. You, you just don't do that. I mean, Greg Popovich, he's like the scheming he does, the, the way he plays the game, or the way he, his team plays, he, he's the greatest coach of all time in my eyes. I actually do agree. Yeah. I don't think, I've never seen a coach as good as him, especially with the whole, the consistency argument is ridiculous for him. Yeah. Like, it's just insane to think about how good he is. I also hit the over for the Spurs at 43 and a half. I think they're going to win closer to 47 wins, and I, I put them at the seventh seed, actually. Okay. I think, I think people are just sleeping on them, just like every year. They just keep sleeping on them, and they have the same core. They have the continuity. They have the system. They have the coach. They're adding DeJounte Murray, which is good. They still got Patty Mills. Yeah. And they have two, two fringe, if not all-stars, on their team. So there's no reason that they should be bumped out by, like, a Mavs team or a Pelicans team. They should be – near 50 wins, and I think they should be frisky in the playoffs. Yeah. Continuing with our conversation, we have the Dallas Mavericks, who are predict- projected to be the, the ninth in the West at 41 wins. Are you taking the over or the under on that, Yan? 41. I'm taking the under on that one. I'm just, I'm just trying to get to where I had all my wins at. Or yeah, I actually out. the same thing. I, I took the under, too, because I just think – they're two guys. I don't see anyone else on this team being a huge factor for them. And I think that I bet you they have a really good start to the season and they can compete with these top teams. But I think that when you look at the the continuity of the team and I feel like over 82 games, can I rely on Porzingis being healthy? That's the big question mark. And so if I were putting my money on, I'd be like, all right, hit that under 41 wins is a little high for me. Yeah. I had him at 39 wins. So it's not far, not far under again, like, the the West is just so they're bottom heavy right now. Like it, there's so much talent up, there's so much talent up and down the conference that Mavericks. I have them at 39 wins, and yeah, you said it. I can't really trust that. Or I can't really rely on Kristaps Porzingis to be health, healthy the whole year. And as good as Luka Doncic is, he by himself isn't going to get this team over 41 wins. Do you think that if hypothetically if Porzingis is healthy the entire season, do you think that they could? benchmark like 43 42 wins yeah i think they could they wouldn't make the playoffs though not no 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 way i think the west cutoff's going to be like probably like 45 i think 45 that feels like that's going to be the cutoff like the spurs hit like you know 45 46 something in their warriors you know around that range too maybe a little higher so i think that yeah they'll be on the bubble but obviously they have a great future they just need more pieces to surround this team moving forward because you can't, obviously you can't just have two guys. You need good role players. And honestly, besides uh, Luca and Porzingis, like who else do they have in this team long-term who's going to be either an asset that grows into someone better or a solid role player for the next, you know, four years. 
I mean, I like Justin Jackson. Uh, Justin Jackson out of North Carolina. I watched him in college. I liked him then. And he's he's a bit older. He's, he's already 24 years old, right? But he's got good size. And I think he's got good potential. But, like, yeah, there, there's not much. They have Seth Curry, um, J.J. Uh, Barra. Yeah. I like Jalen Brunson, too, watching him at Villanova. He's, Jalen Brunson's one of those guys. He's experienced. Like, this is what I like a, a lot about players who stay in college for two to three years is that when they come out of college, they're ready to jump into any situation and succeed. Like, I, I, would, I would trust to have Jalen Brunson as, like, as, you know, an eight, nine man on a championship contending team. Like, that's, that's my thoughts. But obviously, Dallas, they're not in that situation. But, yeah, there's not a lot down the bench to talk about. I mean, Boban as well they have. But, I mean, he's only going to give you 12, 15 minutes a game. Yeah, looking at this team, I just don't see them going over 41. Moving on, we got at number 10, the Pelicans winning 39 games. There's been a bit of preseason going on, so we've seen some Zion dunks, some Lonzo threes. So maybe that'll, I don't know, change your vote. Hopefully it doesn't. Are you taking the over or the under on 39? I'm taking the over on 39, and that's not because of the preseason at all. I've, I've <laughs> Like, I made these. I made these uh, right, like these rankings like a month ago. So yeah, um, did nothing to do with the preseason. I just, I mean, I Lonzo Ball for me is gonna be the he's gonna be one of the he's gonna be contending for most improved player, and Drew Holiday is probably the he's the best player on the team right now. Say what you will about Zion, but Drew Holiday is their best player right now. Yeah, and looking looking at their team, I mean, they got they got a nice shooter, JJ Redick. I've already mentioned Drew Holiday, but guys like Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, obviously Zion Williamson. Like these are these are talented young guys that I think that are, they're going to thrive this year. And I haven't even mentioned Jackson Hayes, the big man as well. I mean, I I trust these Pelicans a lot. When you look up and down the roster, one thing that separates them from like the Kings or the Mavericks, which are also in this echelon. Well, I'm also going to mention I'm taking the over as well on them. Is that they have some depth to their lineup and they have some growing pieces that over this season of experience, they'll get likely they'll get better over time. As long as everyone's, you know, barring injury, et cetera. And I think I like Zion drew holiday is obviously a, a beast. And I think he's very underrated. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, I haven't given up on Lonzo. I know a lot of people are still on the Lonzo. I'm not going to say Island, but a lot of people still believe in Lonzo. I agree. I think Lonzo is going to be a good player given his size versatility and, like his defensive, um, like awareness, you know, he loves to play. He likes to grind out the defense. So great on defense. Yeah, exactly. So I think that this team is going to overperform and JJ Redick, like you said, this guy has never not been in the playoffs in his career. So he's a proven winner and people don't know this, but when he played on Philadelphia, he was averaging like almost 18 points per game. Like he was balling. So if they need him to carry some of the offensive load, he can do that off the bench for you or, you know, starting whatever fits the bill for this team. And then Brandon Ingram will be given full reign of either that second unit or they'll let him play. You won't have to play alongside any ball handler necessarily. He can kind of do his own thing and do a lot of the offensive stuff that makes him comfortable. And hopefully if they show some development, they'll surpass 39 and also be a fringe playoff team. Yeah, I'd like to touch on J.J. Redick real quick. Right. His his impact and value goes way beyond what he does on the court. You look at the roster, this this is a very young team. They're, like, they're young talent up and down. 
the roster. A lot of young guards as well. And J.J. Redick, he's that veteran presence. He's going to be playing. He's going to be almost like a player coach. Like, he's going to be – he's going to play a huge role. Sort of. That's sort of why the, the Lakers as well, they're getting Jared Dudley, like a locker room guy. I mean, that, that's J.J. Redick right there. I mean, he's going to be helping a lot of these young guys out. Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Zion. I mean, uh, I've already mentioned these guys. Even Drew Holiday as well. They're, gonna, they're all going to be looking up to J.J. Redick because, like you said, he's a proven winner. He's been in the playoffs. He, he knows what it takes to win. He's, he's, not one, he's not one to come up small in big situations. He's not afraid of, of any situation at all. He's, he's a great player to learn from, and I think that if he can step into that role as a player coach, this, this team's going to be very good, not only this year, but in years to come. J.J. Redick, as his minutes go down, his impact might go up in the locker room and on the bench as well. It's talking to players during timeouts and everything. Yeah. Like you said, his impact off the floor is amazing. And even on the floor, when you look at the impact he had in Philadelphia, when he would run the, the high screen with Ben Simmons, that just adds so much gravitation towards him and so much defensive attention that it really opened the floor for given that Ben Simmons and MB couldn't really shoot, it really opened the floor for them to be able to, you know, take Toronto to seven and be a pretty successful team in the East. And I think that his gravitation will allow Zion to have a lot more space and pace when he plays. And it will just make things so much easier for these young guys because he'll be their consistent bucket, you know, throughout the season. Yeah. That's I mean, yeah, that's a lot of JJ Redick talk, but <laughs> well, he's a big part of the team. Like he's a very underrated part of this team. We always love to talk about the glitz and glamour, you know, Zion Williamson, all his hype. Yeah, but JJ Redick, he's he's going to be that team's rock. Oh, yeah. Him and Drew Holiday are going to be huge for that team. Right. And I'm excited. Like I'm really excited. Yeah, are they are they the best? Uh, like, do you think they're the most going to be the most fun team to watch this year? Probably not most most fun because. They're young, they're talented, but, I mean, I'd much rather watch the Clippers just clamp up every fucking team they play <laughs> than watch these guys shoot, like, 30% from the field. But, I mean, they're, they're going to be fun to watch, certainly. Yeah, oh, and just they all- on dunks, that's all. I can't wait oh, yeah. to see some more of those. Holy. Also, I just want just to add, like, this team drafted really well this year. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, yeah, Nas and Brandon, too. He's really good. Jackson Hayes. They, like, Props to the front office because they drafted really well, and in a year where you lose, where you lose Anthony Davis, they're in a be- far better situation now than they were last year. I agree, hundred percent. Moving on to number eleven, projected by Vegas, the Sacramento Kings, projected to win thirty-seven wins. Are you taking the over, or the under, Yan? Definitely the over. No, I agree. I'm surprised they that they're coming in at eleventh here. I have Sacramento being tied for ninth with the Pelicans at 41 wins, but I just, you know, De'Aaron Fox has done so much. Marvin Bagley as well, Buddy Heald, and uh, they got Bogdanovich now too. Harrison Barnes as well. I mean, this is, and they just drafted uh, Tyler, or Guy, what's his first name? I forget. The guy in Virginia with a really weird smile, that white kid who bangs threes. I mean, this is a very challenging team that I can't see winning any anything less than 40 games this year yeah I think you look at the progression of Buddy Heald obviously and De'Aaron Fox and I don't know how many wins did they end up getting I think they end up getting around 37 last year right so there was more I think it was more than that it was more I'm not sure like I think they're in this they're in the ballpark anyway and they're playing really well obviously they ran out of gas because of how fast they play but 
you know, this team is just getting experience under their belt. They're getting notches on their belt. They're growing as a team. And De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald are building that backcourt chemistry, being able to play alongside each other. So just with their natural progression as young players, I think I want to see and I expect to see De'Aaron Fox take another leap Mm -hmm. because this guy, you know, he developed that three-point shot. Who knows what's next? He's a really hard worker. Buddy Heald's one of the hardest workers apparently in the NBA. So I don't I don't see this team backing down. I don't see this team digressing. I actually see them improving from last season. So I agree. I actually took the over also. Yeah, last year they ended up with 39 wins and they were they, they were still like nine games out of a playoff spot. But up until maybe the last two weeks, they were right there with San Antonio and the Clippers. Yeah. And OKC as well, and you like that. It was it was like a five team playoff race at at one point with OKC. You throw in Utah, like Utah, OKC, San Antonio, Clippers, the Kings. They were all they were bunched up together with a month and a half to go in the season. Just Clippers just ran out of gas because they don't have the experience. I mean, the the coaching obviously wasn't there that the other three teams or four teams have, and they just didn't have the star power either. And that's that's why they finished. So that's why they only finished with thirty nine wins, where they they could have finished with much higher. Now they also have Luke Walton too, right? So they have a polished system with obviously the objective is just like we saw with the Lakers is run, run, run. And I think that'll work well with these young guys. And Buddy Heald is a really, really good player. And, you know, he's a bucket obviously. So I'm really excited to see what these two can do together again this year. And I think they also have, do they still have Harrison Barnes, right? Yes. Yeah, so they have they have some decent starters alongside them. So I want to see what they can do. I want to see if Marvin Bagley, you know, can develop into – I think he can become a much better player than he was last season. He showed flashes. He was balling last three year. Point shot. He was balling. He showed definite flashes of, like, the ability to become a, an above-average starter, at least in the league. So I yeah, think out of listed what is – what he went down to, like, 6'8 or something. So yeah. <laughs> But then, the, then, like, he was like, listen, at 6'11", that's a huge difference. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean that's the difference didn't... between being like a stretch four and a center. Yeah. He came out and said that he never, that he was never measured though. So. Yeah. The, you know, they probably, the way the NBA probably measures them is they just look at them. They're like, uh, 6'11", you know, they just guess. Yeah. I like, that's like what it's like. Cause every single player is wrong. It's really not a big deal at all. Like in my eyes, like I, Personally, couldn't give a fuck if you're six eleven or six ten. If you give me a bucket in the post, and if you can dominate kids in the post, like I don't care what where they're marking you. At. Like I just don't. Like I feel like it's not a big deal at all. Like no, I think the no, I think people get lost in the numbers. Yeah. So it's all about. Do you think at his height, do you think he has the ability to play center? That's the real question, and that's something we'll have to see. Because... Well, yeah, I mean, I think like we we saw it. Like he was playing center last year, and he was averaging. Yeah or he's playing power forward last year as he was listed on basketball reference. He was right. listed as a power forward. He's averaging 15 points per game in his rookie year. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a baller. I mean, a seven yeah. and a half rebounds per game. I'd like to see that go up, but I mean, he's shooting over 50% from the field. He's, I mean, he was doing his thing. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Moving on to the 12th projected team by Vegas is the Timberwolves at 35 wins. What are you taking? I had him right on 35 wins. All right, so you're taking the exact, exactly, yeah, right on the money. Uh, this was a tough one for me. I really don't know. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm leaning towards the under because I just think they have essentially the exact same team as last year, and I just don't see them. They just didn't move the needle. 
in the Western Conference got I feel like they got deeper and more competitive. Yeah. And I think they're just outside of that competitive realm. And yeah. maybe maybe um we'll see Carl Anthony Towns alone has to earn you at least like twenty five wins just based off his skill level alone. So oh, yeah. they should be in the range of like thirty to thirty four, but I don't think that they win nearly forty wins. I mean, yeah, people, people, like, I sort of feel bad for Carl, Carl Anthony Towns because he's not getting, like, no one's watching him play every night. When you look at this man, he is, like, he's a, he's a certified baller. I keep using that word. He's got the ballers, man. Like, this man, Carl Anthony Towns, look, like, look up his stats. He just, again, and again, it's, it's probably inflated, but, I mean, this, he's still averaging, he's still averaged 25 points per game, just about 25 points per game last year, giving you almost 13 rebounds per game. What else can I say? I mean, he he's proven time and time again that he's like he's one of the best big men in the NBA, but never he's never going to get the credit that other that other big men are going to get because no one watches him play. Yeah, Cat's definitely a top three big man in the league. Like you put him up there with Embiid and Jokic, he's that talented. Yeah. He is like you said, he's a bucket. He's a monster. He can shoot threes. He is the probably as versatile as Jokic. Essentially, when you look at players with his post game, he's got the mid range, he's got the three point shot, and you know, oh, I don't yeah. know if that was passing, but he's a obviously a great player. And he's, you know, I don't know if I just don't think they surround him with the right team, so he might be the next kind of player to like we've seen with you know Jimmy Butler, like we've seen with all these other players. He might be the next guy to demand out, he might be the next Anthony Davis, yeah. And if he does, power to him because he got his money and he deserves to at least. Have a chance to contend. I think I want to. I want to see him in a big game. So, like I've said this about Devin Booker as well. Like I want to see these guys, these cats in a. I want to see him in a big in a big playoff game. You mentioned three point shooting. He shoots forty. He shot forty percent from the three last year. Mm-hmm. And he's and uh, he had an efficiency field goal percentage of fifty seven. And just saying, I like I'm not. I don't know this shit off the top of my head. I'm literally looking at his career resume on BasketballReference.com right now. So I'm not a genius or nothing, just saying that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's a. I'm just looking at his percentages right now. He he's very efficient as a big man, and I don't like again talking about heights, but I don't know how tall they're gonna have him next year. He's seven foot. He's listed as seven foot tall, so he's he's got size. Yeah, no doubt. I think obviously the Timberwolves aren't going to be this monster team, and. You know, that's I think that's enough Timberwolves talk for now. <laughs> Obviously, the center of that team is Carl Anthony Towns. He's a monster. But moving on to the 13th projected team, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder at 31 wins. Are you taking the over or the under, Yan? The under for sure. Uh, I mean, I have my 30 wins, and that could that would go down if they lose Chris Paul in a trade. Because I'm assuming that if they do trade away Chris Paul, it would be for some younger talent that wouldn't help them win right now. So it's, it's, it's 30 wins right now with Chris Paul, who's still a top 30 player in the NBA in my eyes. But if they trade him away, I mean, that could go down to 25 to 25, 23 wins. Yeah. I think it completely depends on if they trade uh, Chris Paul and I, which I assume they're going to, because you have this asset there that, you know, maybe a team like, like you said, Miami would be willing to take him on. And, you know, maybe if Miami's desperate, they'll trade you old Tyler Harrow or something. But that would obviously be a huge mistake on their end. And Bam out of bio. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe Bam. You kind of lose that that versatility of the center position because you already lost Whiteside. You'd have what like Olenek playing center yeah. or something that wouldn't be very Bam's good really to watch. Good <laughs> I was watching the like I was watching the Heat play this, the Spurs just just now. I stopped watching because it was a blowout and the Spurs were getting fucked. But Bam out of bio, he was doing his like he's really surprised me. I mean, people were saying he might go and win Most Improved Player. So just throwing that out there. Yeah, we'll see. He's a monster, but. I actually took the over on the Thunder because I think that when you look at this squad, they got Shea Gillis Alexander, you got, you know, Chris Paul, who who knows how long he'll be there. But you also got like Gallinari. You got a, a decent group of players who I think will at least perform pretty well and, you know, get you near that twenty twenty five to thirty five win somewhere in there. Yeah. And, you know, it really just depends. I didn't really think too much about this because I don't really care about the Thunder, but yeah, I'm gonna take the over on the Thunder. Gallinari was big in the playoffs last year as well against Golden State. People just think it was all Lou Will. But, I mean, it was Gallinari, he was huge. Yeah, he put up like 26, 27 points in a few of those games. He was a big-time player. Yeah, no doubt. He's, um, he's a really good player. I just don't know. Obviously, he's had health concerns in the past, so you never know if he's going to play like 65 games or if he's going to end up playing like 20. Yeah. So he's kind of like an X factor for that team. and. He's another trade asset that they also have that they could trade to a desperate team looking for a wing, like even maybe like Golden State or something. You could trade him as a decent asset to a team. And he's on an expiring contract too, so a team would have to look at long-term cap holds. Yeah. I, I the, the whole story of this, the OKC Thunder, this decade has been pretty sad. It's, it's been a sad one considering where they were in 2012 and the situation that they were in. And now it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. Like even in twenty seven or twenty sixteen as well, it looked like they might be able to get over that hump and finally get to the finals again and win a championship. They like this was such a good team throughout the entire decade, but it's sad to see where they are now. And it, they've got a, a lot of young players, but I mean, it, it's 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 a sad story. It's a very sad. Story it is. It really is a sad story because you look at they had like that that period where they drafted. I think they all they drafted um, like it was Durant, then Westbrook, then Harden, and Ibaka yeah. as well. Like they had some oh, of yeah. the best drafting in probably NBA history. That's probably the best draft selection in NBA history in those four picks. Yeah. And then you just look at it translated to zero championships, one finals appearance, and they had three of the most talented players of the, this decade. Yeah. And it's, it's actually bad. it's so sad to think about because. Three MVPs. I mean, Man, it's so sad. Yeah, I know. I still look back at that 2016 team, and I'm like, yeah. how did you not close that? Like, KD, come on. You're supposed to be a closer. How did you not close that? Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's, I, it's so fun to reminisce. It's bittersweet to reminisce about the Thunder back in 2012. Yeah. I, like, you look back. Like, Serge Ibaka was so dominant. I mean, I remember some of those playoff series in, like, 2014 and shit against the Spurs. I remember one where it was, like, I think it was 2014 and 2016. Where the Spurs were up two two nothing in the series, and then Serge Ibaka came back from injury, and the Thunder won four straight just because Ibaka. Like that was back when it was Serge Ibaka, and he was just so good on defense. And you pair that with KD and Westbrook, and like they used to have Harden. Like it was a good team, man. It was. Yeah, they're they're definitely ahead of their time when you look at their shooting yeah. ability. And Ibaka was like the perfect five. You know, he yeah. wasn't fit as a four, which he played for in Toronto for those couple of years before obviously getting shipped to the five this year, which resulted in a championship. And there's a reason why, you know, it's not just because he moved to center. Obviously they added Gasol and Kawhi, but his move to center really helped him. It felt like, um, 
it felt like uh, like I don't know. You felt like you you're seeing the old Ibaka again. He, I was, he had six blocks in that one finals game. He was yeah. He was being old Ibaka. He had like 20 points in one game too in the finals. Like he yeah. I was I was so happy to see him get a championship finally. Like he's I had him I had him in my top 50 players in the NBA this year, and people just tore me to shreds because of that. And like even you probably might not agree with that because you're even though you're a Raptors fan. But just the way he played in the playoffs, and you look at his stats overall in the playoffs, not that impressive. But he, like, you watched the games. You watched the games in the finals. He, like, he was the energizer. I mean, he, he got that crowd in Toronto so hyped each and every game. I mean, he, I, again, like, you mentioned six blocks. He put up 20 points in a, in a finals game. He's never, like... It's, it's hard to explain because he's one of those guys who just he does everything for the team. He's not selfish at all, and it's to see him get the championship, was, I was so happy for him. Yeah, I mean, it, when you look back and you, if you saw all these guys split up and you said, who's most likely to win a championship out of these three? You got Harden, you got Westbrook, you got Abaka. Who's going to win the championship <laughs> first? I think no one would yeah. say Abaka. You'd probably say Westbrook or Harden. So, yeah, you know, that just shows how – how much of a team player he is, you know, he bought into the Raptors system. He did not care that he came off the bench. He wanted to win. Not the effort of love. And that's why I do actually agree. I think he definitely falls around 50 around in that range because, you know, if you look at, I don't think I can name 50 players better than him. Honestly, he's actually a really talented player. And, you know, when you watch him night in and out, you see, you're like, wow, this guy's athletic as fuck. Like he's gotten up there. He's blocking shots. Like he's doing things that, like eighty percent of the league is scared to do because they just can't yeah. do it. You know what I mean? Him and Mon, him and Montrezl Harrell. For me, those are the, those are two two of my favorite players. Just watching them play, they same sort of role as well. Like they're not like they don't care where they play. They don't care even if they play. They just want to have a. They want to make an impact, and they're they're not selfish at all. I just love I just love watching those guys. Full of energy. I love it. Yeah, Montrez is definitely full of energy, and he's like a guy who's like gonna throw down a massive dunk. He feels more like he's gonna like punish you in the post. Ibaka feels like he's going to, like, pick your team apart and block you when you don't expect it. So Yeah, hit a big different. Three. They definitely have different, different like, play styles. But they're, right, like you said, they bring the energy to the team. And maybe that's, maybe that's something that, uh, you know, some, some every team needs a guy like that off the bench, you know. Like, that's yeah. kind of the guy who can separate you. Maybe Taco can be that guy. <laughs> yes, you see him come in. He's like seven foot five, dunking in, you know, dunking, standing, like blocking people. It's crazy to watch him. Just get the crowd back into it. Okay. Yeah, he the, he's definitely already a favorite. I think you posted something about that. If the 76ers are down twenty and Ben Simmons hits a three, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers just make a crazy comeback just because the crowd would be so into the game, right? Like, that was the loudest I've heard of the crowd ever in oh, yeah. Philly. Like, and I watched them in the playoffs, like. They went crazy when he hit that three, which is hilarious to think about. Preseason. <laughs> I know it's the preseason. People are going insane. It's actually so funny. All right, uh, moving on. We got two teams left. We got the Suns at projected to be 14th. I don't think that's a surprise. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean. Projected at 27 wins. Are you taking the under or the under? or? I'm taking the under. All right. From 27. The last two teams, Memphis and Phoenix, like they're these two teams, I I love them and they've got great young players. But in this, like I said, it's a bottom heavy Western Conference right now. Maybe in a, maybe five years ago, we could put these same players in there. 
I mean, these two teams could compete. You know, they'd be around the, the 11 to 13 seed right now. But in the playoffs, in the, in the current Western Conference, I mean, yeah, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, Ricky Rubio, Dario Sarge, that's, not, that's just not good enough. Do you love the Suns? I, I love the Grizzlies. I like what they have. But I don't know. I don't see the Suns' future being, like, very bright. You know what I mean? The Suns and Grizzlies' future and the Suns' future is not going to be bright. They have great young players. And guys like Booker and Aiden, they're going to have great futures, just not in Phoenix. I mean, John Morant, he's going to have a great future, just not in Memphis. I mean, they're small market teams. They're all going to move on. That's just the, it's the reality of living in living in, the, in North America right now. Run, it's, it's a capitalist. I mean, you, the, America is a capitalist country. And in a capitalist country, the big markets are going to get all the big players. And that's just, that's just the reality we live in. But, yeah. Yeah, it's tough being a smaller market like Phoenix yeah. or obviously Memphis, like – you have to build from the ground up and you're basically you start on the ground where all these other teams like the big markets like the Bostons and obviously like the New Yorks whatever but they're like already ahead of you and it's kind of yeah it's I'm not gonna say it's unfair because it's just reality you know you got to live with it yeah and obviously teams can teams can get through that like the Raptors consider them a small market big market like technically they're a big market but you're not getting free agents in Toronto necessarily exactly you're not getting the marquee free agents so they just drafted so well. Demonstrated like we can trade for a superstar and we can win it from the ground up. So if you have good management, anything's possible. But when you look at the Suns, it just doesn't feel like they're getting anything done. I feel like Devin Booker's time is slowly running out there. It feels like, you know, it feels like his time is like coming to an end. I can see like the expiration coming soon. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned the Raptors there making that big trade. If they weren't in Canada, they like they would not have got Kawhi because you we you and I both know damn well that Greg Popovich was sending Kawhi Leonard to the last place he wants to go on earth. Like <laughs> Kawhi was trying to go to LA and Pop sent his ass to fucking Canada. I know, I know, literally the opposite place. <laughs> it wasn't even like a great trade for them. Like they didn't get like I know Yaka Pertle's like okay, but they gave up Danny Green, man. Golly. Yeah, Danny threes. We needed him too in that game. Yeah, y'all wouldn't have six threes. Oh my god. Danny Green. Oh man. At least, at least we didn't give y'all Patty Mills because then it would have been GG. Y'all would have fucking. Yeah, yeah. If we had Patty Mills, we'd have him and Fred VanVleet coming off the bench. It's over. (laughs) Two little fuckers. (laughs) The two little fuckers going around just destroying (laughs) the NBA. It'd be crazy. Yeah, but Phoenix, like Devin Booker's got to go from Phoenix. I mean, yeah, this. The Suns did. This is going to be another one of those years for Phoenix. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, hundred percent. I like Memphis. Do you want to move on the Grizzlies or you? Yeah, I I like Memphis. All right, Memphis at twenty-five and a half over or under. I took the over. I took my twenty-six wins. They're not going to win a lot this year, but I love this team, man. These, if they can keep these guys, if they can keep John Morant, Jalen, and Jaron Jackson together. And uh, Brandon Clark as well. That's a good team. In five years, it's a good team. I agree. I think that John Morant is probably one of the most fun rookies to watch this year. Yeah. If you're looking at it. And obviously, his his vision is great. And him and Jaron Jackson Jr., it kind of reminds you of a young Conley Gasol duo. Yeah, but Brandon Clark too, man. Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark, I watched that man at Gonzaga. He, he He was doing his thing when Gonzaga, they were a hella good team last year. With Rui Hachimura and Brandon Clark, yeah. Brandon Clark, he was he, he was such a big time player for them, and he's going to do great things in Memphis this year. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Brandon Clark. You want to do a quick rundown? Well, yeah, I mean he's just, he's sort of like a 
like a Serge Ibaka kind of player where and Montrez Harrell. Like he's not gonna shoot the three, but he's he's a crowd energizer. And he like I watched him last year at Gonzaga. He took over games in in just go watch it. Go back and watch some of those March Madness games. Yeah. I think it was the second round of March Madness, something like that. This man scored like 15 straight points. Like he just takes games over. It's ridiculous. Like he he'll you'll see him at one end of the court getting a block. Two seconds later, he's dunking it down, stealing the inbound pass, dunking it down. I mean, this man, when he gets going, you just can't stop him. He's 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 a freight train, freight train. One of the steals of the draft for sure. All right, then that'll be good to see because you know if you're building this roster based off two cornerstones, you won't necessarily have the a championship um, aspirations because yeah. I think you just need more to win a chip. And, you know, if if he develops into a really good player with them, then who knows what can happen with this team. I'm excited for their future, though. They probably have – they have a decent future with respect to, you know, the other bottoms of the team, like the yeah. Timberwolves, and you look at the Suns. Like, the Grizzlies have one of the brighter futures in the bottom of the West for sure. I like Jaron Jackson, too. He yeah, Triple J is a beast. He's a monster. He was great to watch him playing with Conley in that pick and roll. And, yeah. you know, him and Ja will have – hopefully they'll have great chemistry right off the start, but they'll definitely develop that chemistry over time in the pick and roll. And they just seem like, it seems like one of the best duos to have is point guard center. So Jaron Jackson Jr. And uh, DeAndre Hunter in DeAndre Hunter in, in Atlanta, those two guys, they're, they're sort of like, they remind me a lot of Kawhi Leonard back then, like really good defensive players who I think they've got the work ethic to turn to work on that jump shot and create, and to really to, to make themselves very good basketball players in, in a few years from now. It's tough. It's tough coming from, you know, like for DeAndre Hunter, it's going to be tough to say if he's going to be an elite defender or like a great defender off the start because the NBA is obviously so much different and he's playing yeah. like the wing position. So he's going to have to guard the likes of like, you know, he's going to have to go up against like Kawhi and he's going to have to go up against these guys. And I think that's good for him though. Like it'll be great. As- it'll be great exposure, but I think, off the bat, he's gonna feel like he's gonna get cooked. You know what he's I mean? Gonna, like that's the thing. Like, he's gonna get cooked because he's a young player. Yeah. But he wouldn't get cooked as bad as like someone else, right? Like he's. That's he's, true. Yeah, and that's, I think it's it's got, good. Like, like Cam Reddish on him or something. Yeah. Like that's why I, I I sort of I really like when young, really talented players who have great work ethic, guys like Jaron Jackson Jr., guys like DeAndre Hunter, Brandon Clark, guys like that, they have really high work ethics. Where they're not, they weren't blessed with God-given talent the way that Zion Williamson was, and I love it when these guys get drafted into poor situations where they're starting off on really shitty teams just to humble themselves. And so, like when they hit year five, year seven, these guys are set. These guys are ready to play on a championship-caliber team. Same, same as Rui Hachimura as well in Washington. Like these guys, in a few years, like right now, they're probably they're not the best rookies, but they're going to be great pieces on championship winning teams. I, I'm just, I, I, I just see it right now. Yeah, definitely. I like, um, I actually like Rui Hachimura a lot too. I think on Washington, he'll get a lot of time to play and he'll obviously get to learn from like Bradley Beal and he'll play with it and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe John Wall one day if he's ever healthy. So he'll get some good exposure and obviously he'll become a great player. I think eventually though, a lot of people aren't very high on Rui though, which is surprising. I think he's going to be a great player. Yeah. Well, coming out of coming out of Gonzaga, like Gonzaga was a great school, great team. And the only reason why I watch so much Gonzaga is because they're sort of like the home team where I live right now. Yeah. Like, like everyone at my school, they all cheer for Gonzaga and all that shit. And they were ranked number one in the country a few times, like after they beat Duke last year as well. But Rui and 
Brewery and Brandon Clark, those two guys, they're, they're, they weren't freshmen coming out of college. And I think that – like, I was really pissed to see Rui get drafted by the Wizards. I wanted to, I wanted to see him get drafted by, by contender right away because I wanted to see him. Like, I, he, he's, he's a guy who – he's going to be playing big roles for the Washington Wizards. And eventually when he gets onto a championship-caliber team, he's going to be playing big roles with them too. Yeah, no doubt. Actually, also, I'm a big fan of Admiral Schofield who okay. Washington also picked up from Texas Tech. And he's uh, he's actually a beast, too. I was watching – I know I watched only a few Texas Tech games in, like, March Madness, but, man, this guy was, like, pulling up from three. He's, like, a massive guy. He's putting up on the, on the yeah. block. Man, like, he's so versatile. I think that Washington – a lot of people aren't really high on their picks, but I think that Washington made a couple of really good picks. They my, drafted well, yeah. I think they drafted well for sure. This year, I'm going to be – I'm going to try to watch as much college ball as I can because – it, a lot of times these these rankings, these projections that ESPN come out with, they're inaccurate, or at least they might be accurate, but you gain much more of an understanding of all of these players and their strengths and weaknesses are by actually watching the games. And where a player is drafted, a lot of times has, I mean, obviously at the top of the draft, it has everything to do with how good they are. But where a player is drafted further down the line, it's just more to do with what the team needs and how good the player actually is. That's why, that's, you know, that's why some of those guys like um, Brandon Clark, who was drafted to my eyes, very low. And uh, as well as the guy the Spurs drafted, God, I should know, the guy out of Kentucky, I think it was. But, I mean, these guys are just so talented that if you watch them in college, these guys played big roles on championship contending teams. Or they could play big roles in championship contending teams. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Raptors Community Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate the podcast on whatever platform you get your podcasts. Five stars only, baby, please. It really helps us get up the rankings and get this podcast bigger and better. Thanks a lot, guys.